Welcome to Indie Reads Aloud, a storytelling podcast with your host, Diana Catherine Plopa. Come gather round, grab a snack, and listen to a story. Each week, we'll feature a new indie author with a story to tell. There are no long-winded interviews, no sales pitches, just stories. Most of the stories we'll tell will be family-friendly, but if they're not, you'll get fair warning before the reading begins. If you want to hear more, investigate the story notes for links to the author and where to buy their books. You can find us at dkpwriter.com. And now, sit back, relax, and listen to a story. Welcome to Indie Reads Aloud. Today, my good friend D.A. Breed will be here today. She's going to read uh, from her latest novel, which is, help me, Deborah. I the Disaster the Called Rue Taylor. The Disaster Called Rue Taylor. There we go. I lost the title for a second. <laughs> I'm so excited to have you here. I'm just completely off my game. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so let me tell everybody a little bit about Deborah. Um, she writes young adult novels and she writes grown up novels too. Uh, this one happens to be a young adult. She writes page turning thrillers to stories based on challenges children and adults face every day. Her stories have garnered the attention of readers and fellow authors alike. Since 2016, author Jonathan Rand, you know him from Michigan Chillers, amazing human being. Um, he has invited her to be a writing instructor at his Author Quest writing camp for young writers. Such an honor. Someday we'll have a conversation about that. Yes. That's so cool. <laughs> Um, she was also asked to present at several writer and educational conferences, including the North of 45 Retreat for Writers, Delta Kappa Gamma's Women's Educator Conference, and regional district libraries. Deborah also offers writing workshops at various venues. Deborah's international travels, which the word international just blows me away right there, um, include leading creative writing workshops to children, most notably the, what is it, Sahara? Is that how you pronounce Sarja. it? Sarja. Sarja. International Book Fair in the United Arab Emirates. Again, another conversation for another day, but wow. So cool. Yes. I bet was, that was an experience. Yes. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. Very fun. Um, if, if that wasn't enough, Deborah's books have received acclaim, notably in Moonbeam's Children's Book Awards in the category of Young Adult Fiction for All the Things We Didn't See, and Dare Accepted in 2021 and 2020, respectively. Best Indie Book Award, she also won in the category of Adult Drama for All the Things We, Young Adult Drama for All the Things We Didn't See in 2021, and Nothing But Gutters and Pocket Change in 2020. And she won the Independent Press Award Distinguished Favorite 2022 for All the Things We Didn't See. Uh, she also writes suspense thriller fiction for adults, including Three Thrilling Tales, One Killer Book, the Caitlin O'Reilly Mystery Series, and Web of Deceit, 
as well as a collection of humorous essays titled Chicken Butt Hair, Tales of an Over-Caffeinated Human. And I love that book. So you're going to have to come back and read from that one one day for us too. Just the title is fun to say. Yes. I was at an event recently where that caught most, that was what caught most people's attention as they were walking by is the title and the cover. And the cover, the cover is hysterical. Oh my gosh. Um, so you may find Deborah's short story, Horror Fiction, published in Share Your Scare, a Lulu anthology and annual literary and visual arts magazine, the Garfield Lake Review. If that's not enough to keep a life busy, she also has a husband and two small children. Well, not so small anymore. Yeah. Um, bordering on young adult children. Yes, yes they are. <laughs> she says with a heavy sigh. Yes. <laughs> I, I'm thrilled to have you. I, I'm, I'm always most thrilled when I get to have my friends back on the program. It's just so much fun because I, I'm in love with your work. And I love sharing it with everybody. So I, I'm really honored that you're on the program today. Well, thank you. I'm really excited to be on your program. It's super fun. We're having a good time. Um, those of you listening, if you can't tell, we have a good time here. We just, we have a good time. Um, so let's talk about the disaster called Rue Taylor. You know what? I've been talking a lot. So I would like to hear you tell me about this story. It's brand new just released a little bit ago. Yep. Um, tell me what this story is about. Um, this story is about a teenage girl um, who's just been labeled a bad girl her entire life. Um, she never really felt understood um, by her mom, especially. And at some point, she just kind of decided, well, if this is how people are going to view me, then might as well act that way. And so she gets herself into a lot of trouble and she is, uh, she's been kicked out of several schools. She's on her, her last chance <laughs> at a school and her last chance to be able to graduate. Um, and during this, this one actually has a little bit of mystery because her brother has disappeared about a year and a half earlier. So okay. she's trying to um, find out what happened to her brother and her brother had gone to this school, which is her last chance. And so while she's there, she's trying, it's kind of her journey of finding out who she really is and finding out that being yourself is okay. And also to find out what happened to her brother and is he alive? Is he able to be found in just that whole journey? That's incredible. You this is no surprise for anyone who knows Deborah's work, but Deborah writes in multi-layers all the time, not just for the adult readers in her fan base, but also for the young adult readers, which I find just a fascinatingly wonderful thing that you're offering such really um, complex stories for young readers to enjoy. So I, I really want to commend you on that. I just, I just think you're spectacular at it. Thank you. So I, I have not read this book yet. I, I have it on my TBR. Um, and I, I'm just, I'm so excited to hear you read some of this. Can you take the mic and read aloud for us? Yes, I can. And I'm just going to start right at chapter one. Fantastic. This is your last chance, Rue. I rolled my eyes, fingers tapping against my knee. 
I painted my nails royal blue to match my hair, and I could see mom glance at them, those lines between her eyes deepening before she looked back at the road. Yeah, got that the first 10 times you told me. I ground my teeth into the wad of gum, taking up residence in my mouth, and then blew a bubble, letting it snap loudly to irritate my mother even more. I'm serious, Ruan. Jeez, I hated it when she used my middle name. This is the last school. I cannot homeschool you, and there isn't a private school out there that will touch you, not with your record. Ouch. Her reprimands were usually a little more subtle. She was definitely in a bad mood. Got it. I stared out the window, trying to look bored. I was bored, but there was a definite undercurrent of nervousness making my chest feel tight. I hated starting new schools. The stairs in the hall as the kids tried to figure out the new girl and what category she fit into, the smirks as I walked into each classroom and tried to find a seat, the over, overly welcoming teachers who always seemed to think that if they gushed and were super nice, it would take away the awkwardness. It didn't. Why did you dye your hair? It's definitely going to make you stand out and I know you hate that. It was going to make the principal and teachers think I was a rebel is what she really meant. We were back to some semblance of subtlety at least. I like this color. I continued to stare out the window, keeping my voice flat and uninterested. Not many people have platinum blonde hair, Rue. It's beautiful. So's the color blue. I said it pointedly, tired of the conversation. Mom sighed and fell silent, clenching the steering wheel like she was trying to strangle it. At least she had given up on the lectures, for now. I knew it wouldn't last long, especially since I was wearing all black and she hated when I did that too. Mom didn't like much of anything I did. Minutes ticked by as the scenery blurred past the window. It was a half hour ride to my new school. That was the only bright spot in this whole thing. Mom couldn't drive me every day because of work, so she actually got me a car so I could drive myself. Except for today, because she felt the need to make sure I actually showed up for the first day. I'd been kicked out of every other school in the area. The reasons were various and extensive. But I'll circle back to the fact that I was a useless waste of space on this planet and no one wanted to spend the time trying to straighten me out. Bottom line was that Bridgeton High was the last school willing to give me a chance. I had no illusions about the fact that I would disappoint them in every way and soon. Although this time there was a small, very small part of me that actually cared about staying at this school. It was the high school my brother went to before he disappeared. Here we are. I rolled my eyes. Mom had a penchant for stating the obvious. Dad used to tease her about it, saying stuff like, wait, you're sure? And I don't know, it's not clear to me just to rile mom up. But now he's dead and mom's habit isn't cute anymore. It's annoying. Bridgeton High sat at the top of a small hill, a multitude of steps leading up to the front doors. I immediately felt tired as I thought about having to walk up those steps every day, but there wasn't another way in that I could see. All parking was at the bottom of the hill. Even teachers had to make the vertical trek. Kids trudged up the stairs, stood leaning against the railings. Some even sprawled across the grass despite the cool November temperatures. Late fall in Michigan was a crapshoot. It could be warm or cold or both in the same day. Usually it was just freaking cold. The building itself was pretty awesome. It wasn't just a square box like most schools. Bridgeton High was actually a remnant from 100 years ago and they actually cared about style and making buildings look nice, even if they were built for a boring functional purpose. Beige bricks towered upward two stories, 
a clock built into the peak near the roof, and even a couple of small turrets rising from the shingles. Windows were rounded at the top instead of squares. A couple even built out a little instead of the usual flat front of most school buildings. My soul sighed a little just looking at the school. Architecture and history always managed to snag my interest. Put them together and I got more excited than I usually did for, well, anything. My mind was already going a mile a minute as I contemplated different ways I could research the history of the building in front of me. A sharp click brought me back to reality and I looked over to see mom undoing her seatbelt. Whoa, what are you doing? Mom's eyes narrowed. I thought I'd walk you in, meet the principal and get you settled. Horror washed through me. That was the last thing I needed. Mom, I'm not in kindergarten. You can walk in there or you walk in there and you've just made my life a living hell with these kids for the rest of the year. Language Ruan. Again with the middle name. This morning was starting off great. Fine, I solemnly swear that I won't um, swear for the rest of my life. Mom snorted. We both knew that promise wouldn't last the next hour. I ignored her reaction and plowed ahead. Just please don't go in there with me. I was betting on the fact that mom had to get to work, plus her lack of desire to start another fight to win this. She had that tired look in her eyes again, the one that seemed to be popping up more often, usually when she knew I'd done yet another thing to get me in trouble. We stared at each other for so long it got awkward, but I refused to look away. I would not let her walk in there. Okay, but I'm sitting here and making sure you walk in those doors. And I may sit here for the next several minutes to make sure you don't walk right back out. I rolled my eyes. Gee, thanks, Mom. Your faith in me is overwhelming. You haven't exactly earned any faith, Rue. Mom's voice was hard, but her seatbelt clicked back into place, so I didn't care. It was time to get out of the vehicle before she changed her mind. I'll be here to pick you up after school, Mom called as I quickly grabbed my backpack and stepped out into the frigid morning air. I ignored her and slammed the car door. Taking a deep breath, I strode across the parking lot and up onto the sidewalk that led to the concrete treads, daring me to ascend. Despite what I said to Mom, I knew that I had to make this work. Bridgeton High really was my last chance. As my Converse sneaker landed on the bottom step and the first group of kids turned to stare at me, I shriveled a little inside. It would blow my mom's mind to realize the attitude I affected was all for show. I really hated being the new kid. We do not tolerate any form of misconduct at Bridgeton, Ms. Taylor. I urge you to keep that in mind as we move forward. I fought hard not to roll my eyes. It wasn't too hard, really. Principal's stick shoved up her butt was actually a tad intimidating. Ms. Rodriguez was a small, compact woman who I usually wouldn't give a second glance. Her dark hair was pulled back so severely it stretched the corners of her eyes. Bound by a single hair tie at the nape of her neck, that slicked back hair became a poof ball of curls behind her head once it didn't have the restraint of the tie holding it. Her clothing was bland, to say the least. A gray pantsuit and white shirt hung on her slight frame and did nothing for her. The only redeeming feature was her flawless brown skin that I immediately coveted. Ms. Rodriguez sat ramrod straight in her chair, posture impeccable. I felt like a slug as I slouched in the seat in front of her desk and found myself inching upward as the conversation continued. The marine insignia and plaques on the wall glared down at me and I averted my gaze, many things about Ms. Rodriguez suddenly much clearer and much more daunting. 
I'm sure you're an intelligent young woman. I couldn't help the snort that escaped, then pressed my lips together as the principal's sharp gaze became even more penetrating. Silence stretched on, making the situation even more awkward than it already was. Ms. Rodriguez's eyes steady on my face. I expected her to launch into some long diatribe, but my potential like all the other teachers and principals had done. So I physically jerked in surprise when she abruptly shoved her chair back and stood to her feet. Let's get you to class, Ms. Taylor. I stared up at Ms. Rodriguez, unable to comprehend that a lecture wasn't forthcoming. There was always a lecture. One dark eyebrow rose as she returned my gaze. Flushing, I stood and grabbed my bag. I wondered if my brother felt like this when he was here, slightly off kilter and under a spotlight. Then I immediately dismissed the thought. Gabe, the rule follower, probably never laid eyes on Ms. Rodriguez. He wasn't the type to get sent to the principal's office. I followed Ms. Rodriguez to the door, then stopped in surprise when she moved to the side, obviously not intending to go further. Every other principal had given me a personal escort to class, probably to make sure I got there, and didn't set fire to a trash can on the way. Holding out a half sheet of paper, Ms. Rodriguez gestured down a hall, teeming with kids, shouting and slamming locker doors. Your first class is geometry, second to last door on the left. Hold up, seriously? I glared at the paper in my hand. Geometry? I've already taken geometry. And failed it. So, that eyebrow rose again. Geometry is your first class. If you would like to graduate next year, I suggest you apply yourself immediately. I opened my mouth to argue further, but Ms. Rodriguez was suddenly gone, her short frame and perfect posture striding back toward her desk. Sighing heavily, I hiked my backpack farther up my shoulder and joined the swirling masses. The bell rang when I was still three doors down from the classroom Ms. Rodriguez mentioned. The full hallway was suddenly empty, kids scattering everywhere so they weren't marked tardy. No one went into the math room. Awesome. I would be the only one walking in late. Not only would I be stared at because I was new, I'd also get reamed out by the teacher for being late in front of everybody. Pausing in the doorway, I shifted my bag again and scanned the room, hoping there would be an empty seat near the door that I could slide into inconspicuously. No such luck. I didn't see an empty desk anywhere, actually. Rue Taylor? I glanced toward the front of the room. A totally hot guy stood there staring at me, his blue eyes screaming at me from behind trendy glasses. A shock of blonde hair fell over his forehead in a way that made me want to reach out and sweep it away. My mouth went dry. There were no words, nothing. I stood there like a freaking fish out of water, my lips moving, but no sound coming out. A snicker to my right had me snapping back to reality. You're Rue Taylor, right? I have you on my list as a new student. Mr. Hot Stuff looked down at a paper clenched in his perfectly formed tan hand. Who had a tan in November in Michigan? Uh, yeah, yeah, that's me. I gave a little wave before dropping my hand in mortification. There was outright laughter now. Brilliant, Taylor, way to make a first impression. Mr. Hot Stuff didn't seem to notice my clumsy wave or my inability to put together a coherent sentence. He flashed a blinding smile that had to have been the source of a crazy amount of dental work. No one could have teeth that naturally white. I'm Mr. Pritchard. Why don't you have a seat next to Pippin? Well, if I knew who Pippin was, I would gladly sit down and sink straight into the floor. But you know, I was new and didn't know anyone. And I didn't remember seeing a spare desk lying around anywhere either. A hand waved frantically from the far corner of the classroom. 
a girl with wild black curls in a shockingly orange jumpsuit with pink flamingos dancing across it was gesturing madly. A huge grin plastered on her face as she pointed to the space next to her. Narrowing my eyes, I could barely make out the corner of a desk behind a boy three times my size. This day was just getting better and better. I tried to hold my head up and act as if I didn't care about the stares and whispers as I weaved through the seats. By the time I got next to Flamingo Girl, however, my chin was down far enough to touch my chest and I slid into the seat with cheeks burning. Hey, oh my gosh, I love your hair. Totally cool. I wish I had the guts to do that. I stared at Pippin, wondering if everything she said was punctuated with an exclamation point. I mean, talk about animated. Was she on something? It's so awesome you're here. If you need anything, just let me know. My name's Pippin, Pippin Flannery, giggle. But Mr. Pritchard already told you that, right? I'm such a dork. I mean, except for my last name. He didn't tell you that. She leaned across the aisle. Isn't he just the cutest? Oh, I dream about him, you know. Don't tell anyone, though, okay? Wink. Every girl at Bridgeton has a tr crush on him. Totally. It's like a requirement. Another giggle. Ahem. Pippin, if you don't mind relinquishing Miss Taylor's attention so we can begin. Of course, Mr. Pritchard. Yeah, totally. So sorry. Giggle. I stared at the girl next to me, already exhausted from the conversation, and I hadn't even said a word. How could one person have that much energy? She had to be on something. It was the only explanation. Today we'll be talking about... It didn't matter if the teacher was gorgeous or not. My brain automatically tuned out as soon as Mr. Pritchard started talking. I dug a notebook out of my bag and began doodling, trying to capture the school building as I saw it when mom pulled into the parking lot. It really was an awesome piece of architecture. I had to remember to look it up later. While an excellent rendition of our alma mater, Ms. Taylor, I suggest turning to a fresh page and beginning the work. Flushing hot, I looked up to see Mr. Pritchard leaning over me. He was smiling, but his eyes were serious. Clearing my throat, I hurriedly flipped to a new page. Oh yeah, sure. Mr. Pritchard wrapped one knuckle on my desk in confirmation and moved past my desk. A snort had me glancing toward Pippin, who pantomimed her heart beating out of her chest as she affected a lovesick look on her face. Then she grinned and winked again. That eye was really getting a workout today. Sighing, I squinted at the whiteboard at the front of the room. It all looked like Egyptian hieroglyphics to me. Sweat began collecting under my shirt as I tried to figure out what in the world I was supposed to be doing with the figures scratched across the board. The words from my mother and the principal banged against the walls of my mind. Last chance, last chance, if you want to graduate. Jeez, it was hot in here. I pulled at the collar of my black t-shirt. Suddenly a piece of paper slid across my desk, bumping against my notebook. Perfect round letters and numbers stared up at me. It took me a second to realize they were notes on the assignment. I glanced over at Pippin. She grinned and winked at me before ducking her head and allowing her black curls to cover her face. For the first time, I was extremely thankful for that wink. Sliding the paper closer, I began to think I might actually pass geometry, or at least the first assignment. By the time lunch rolled around, I was so ready to go home, but still had half the day left. I remembered my brother saying how much he loved school here. He specifically asked my mom to enroll him at Bridgeton when he started high school. I couldn't figure out why he wanted to attend a school so far from where we lived, no matter what programs they had. I still didn't see the attraction. These kids were worse than most I had encountered in my school hopping. You could physically feel the entitlement coming off them in waves. Bridgeton was in the most affluent town within an hour radius. 
But seriously, these kids were the very definition of stuck up rich jerks. As if that wasn't exhausting enough, I'd heard enough comments, both whispered and outright declared, about the new goth girl. And seriously, can you believe she did that to her hair? Not to mention, doesn't she know bangs are so out right now to last me a lifetime? Most kids would go straight home and change their wardrobe and dye their hair a natural color. I plan to order those new black pants I'd been eyeing online. Might as well order some touch-up color for my roots while I was at it. To show my defiance, I chose a table right smack in the middle of the cafeteria, tossing my bag down as if I didn't have a care in the world. In truth, my skin was crawling under the stairs and whispers I could already hear starting. I sat down and forced a spoonful of the worst macaroni and cheese I'd ever tasted down my throat. My entire body jumped as several trays suddenly smacked down on the table. Looking up, I registered a dozen pink flamingos and a flash of orange, and then Pippin was sitting across from me, bestowing another wink in my direction. The table shook as two other bodies popped down as well, one on either side of the tornado of energy. Good, you made it to lunch. Good for you. Seriously, it's a feat, I know. Christian kids can be a trip, right? Uh, this is Amir. Pippin's curls gave a shake to her right as she dipped her head toward the rail thin boy next to her. He's from Dubai, can you believe it? Moving from Dubai to Michigan, so crazy. Amir flashed a smile just as blinding white as Mr. Pritchard's, but didn't bother speaking. Probably because he was wise enough to know Pippin was about to plow over anything he might say. And this is Flynn, head dipped to the left. He's a grump, so don't let him get to you. The guy glared at Pippin from under a mane of shaggy blonde hair, but she just giggled again. He's really a teddy bear at heart, but don't tell him I told you, Pippin stage whispered. Uh, so you're a junior, right? So are we. I'm stuck in geometry because I put off getting my last math credit because I hate math. And then Mrs. Dunhurst, she's a school counselor, told me I had to take a math class this year because I have too many other requirements I have to fit in before I graduate. Just my luck, Mr. Pritchard started this year. So many girls are mad they already took the class or tested out of it. My head was spinning as I tried to keep up. Amir smiled sympathetically while popping open a salad. Flynn stared gloomily down at his soupy mashed potatoes as he shoveled them into his mouth. So what brings you here to Bridgeton, Rue? Pip, you could let the girl eat, Amir chided gently. He had a liquid voice, smooth as honey and heavily accented. I loved it instantly. I'm trying to make Rue feel welcome, Amir. Pippin's nose crinkled as she stared at the lettuce flowing over the edges of Amir's plastic container. Just eat your rabbit food. Amir instantly looked insulted, though Rue suspected it was all an act and part of a regular routine between the two of them. At least I won't keel over dead with clogged arteries by the age of 30. Pippin snorted. At least I'll die having experienced the good in life instead of depriving myself of all things with taste. Lettuce doesn't even have a taste. Pippin purposely lifted a french fry off her tray, dragged it through her ketchup, and brought it to her mouth, all while looking Amir in the eye, which was probably why she missed her mouth and rammed it into her cheek, leaving a bright red streak across her pale skin. I couldn't help but smile as Amir rolled his eyes and shoved a napkin at Pippin, while Pippin stuck the fry in her mouth and chewed vigorously, trying to pretend the mishap never happened, even though she was scrubbing at her cheek with a proffered napkin. Looking down at my own tray, I picked at the congealed mac and cheese with my plastic fork and prayed Pippin would forget her question. Though I didn't hold out much hope for that, I'd only known the girl for a few hours and I already knew she wasn't likely to be deterred by anything if she wanted it. 
I glanced over at Flynn, hoping he might pipe up with something to distract her, but he had finished inhaling his food and was now scrolling through his phone. So, Rue, what brings you to Bridgeton? Pippin's gaze was expectant as she stared at me across the table, a mere salad forgotten and her interrogation back on track. I shrugged. Didn't really have much of a choice. Ooh, I smell a story. Pippin actually rubbed her hands together with glee. Pip, she is not required to tell us anything. Right, Flynn? Help me out here. Amir leaned around Pippin to look at Flynn. He received a grunt for his efforts. I put my fork down. Might as well get this over with. It's the last school that would take me. Pippin's forehead crinkled in confusion. What do you mean? I've been kicked out of every other high school in the area. Private school isn't an option, and my mom doesn't trust me to actually do the work if I switched online, so... I spread my hands to indicate the ruckus crowd in the cafeteria. Here I am. To his credit, Amir kept shoving lettuce in his mouth without pause and Flynn, well, I'd rapidly learned not to expect too much from Flynn ever. Pippin's eyes widened. What did you do? Like attack someone? Blow up a science lab? If possible, her eyes opened even further. Kill someone? How awesome would that be? Pippin! Amir's fork clattered onto his tray as he stared at the girl next to him in exasperation. Pippin waved him off with a flick of a slim hand. I don't mean it's awesome that she might have killed someone, obviously. I mean that we have a legit rebel at our table. Okay, wow, this had so not gone the way I expected. Um, I'd like to clarify that I have not killed anyone. Of course you haven't, Amir said, smiling reassuringly at me before shooting a glare in Pippin's direction. The girl actually managed to look disappointed, though it didn't last long. I was pretty sure nothing ever kept Pippin down for long. Fine, don't tell me, but I can help you know. I'm stronger than I look. Pippin lifted an arm and flexed. Or I think she flexed. Nothing actually changed in her arm. Okay, I had no idea what she was talking about. Don't ask, Amir hissed. My gaze darted over to him, but he kept his gaze down as if he hadn't just hissed a warning across the table. Not that Pippin was paying attention. She was still engrossed with flexing or trying to flex. Seriously, I had to ask. Help with what? Amir sighed, his head dropping farther down over his food. With Revel Axe, of course. Pippin was practically bouncing in her seat. This will be so fun. I'm supposed to be staying out of trouble, I said, suddenly understanding why Amir warned me to stay quiet. That's why we won't get caught. Awesome. I had no idea what to say to that. Luckily, the bell rang, saving me from having to come up with a response. After tossing our garbage, Amir fell into step beside me as we followed a bouncing Pippin and a shuffling Flynn out into the hall. I couldn't not ask. Is she on something? I whispered. Amir didn't seem surprised by the question, which made me wonder how many times he'd been asked. Yeah, it's called life, he laughed. It's exhausting, but don't worry, you'll get used to it. As I watched Pippin's black curls bound down the hallway, I seriously doubted I'd ever get used to that much energy. And don't worry, Amir glanced at me knowingly. I'll straighten her out about the rebel axe thing. I raised one eyebrow. Is that even possible? Amir grinned. No, glad to see her catching on. Then he was gone and I was left to find my next class on my own. That's spectacular. I am so looking forward to reading this book. <laughs> what was your favorite part about writing this story? Um, honestly, Pippin. Um, <laughs> she sounds like a blast. Yeah, just 
writing her, she just kind of came alive all on her own. I really didn't know what she was going to be like. And then she just came out with, yeah, all this energy, just crazy, insane, wanting to break all the rules, wanting to do this, being excited about it. And I'm just like, it was, she's just fun. And she also turned out to be a very good friend. And so I just loved her. And I just love talking to you about writing because you serve that thing in me that says characters are real people. <laughs> so. You really are. <laughs> I am so glad you came to read for us today. I, I hope you had a good time. I did. Thank you so Great. much. Awesome. And you're going to come back and read again for us more, right? I mean, you have like 150 books, something like that. <laughs> something like that. Yes, I will. <laughs> good, good, good. Okay. Thanks again for your time today, Deborah. I'm I'm so happy. Everyone, go check out this book. It's new to the market. And um, and once you get hooked on Deborah's writing, you're going to want to read more. So check out the show notes. All the links to how you can find Deborah's website and her books are in there. Thanks again, Deborah. Have a great afternoon. Thanks. You too. Thank you for listening to Indie Reads Aloud Radio. We hope you'll join us again next week for another story. If you are an indie author and you'd like to share your story with us, visit our website at dkpwriter.com to sign up and read aloud.